On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I'll be honest, there's not much to talk about, so I just think out loud for 22 minutes and tell you why I'm looking forward to next year. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 47 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 47 in that journey. Right, hello. I hope you're well. I hope you've had a uh, a more exciting week than I have. This week has been, I wouldn't even say boring. That's not the right word because from a work point of view, this week has been busy. But um, since I got back to Wales on Saturday, we... I say we, Wales, has been in a lockdown, a full nationwide lockdown, very similar to the one that the UK had uh, in March. So uh, non-essential retail is closed, gyms are closed, uh, bars, restaurants, pubs are closed, uh, things like rail travel is restricted. It is, to all intents and purposes, like a full lockdown, um, to the point where even like supermarkets currently have to close aisles which contain non-essential items i mean i'm all for lockdowns if the science supports them i'm all for lockdowns if it saves lives but why one aisle in a supermarket is inherently less safe than another makes no sense to me right because um not to go off on a huge tangent but i've heard that the argument here is that supermarkets are being restricted from selling items that would be sold in non-essential retail outlets to then even the playing field because those shops that have had to close aren't able to sell those items right so it is seemingly the approach of the welsh government to say that nobody should be able to sell items which are sold in non-essential retail outlets to stop you'd assume small businesses from suffering But actually closing supermarket aisles that contain, I don't know, cosmetic items, hair straighteners, toasters, washing machines, uh, closing aisles in supermarkets doesn't help the small businesses that have been forced to close. Why doesn't it help them? Well, because everybody just goes online to Amazon and buys the stuff there. And then not only are the small businesses missing out, but actually the entire Welsh and UK economy in many instances is missing out because these online sales are going to enormous international businesses, right? So that's, like I say, that's a tangent, but that's that's the maddest part of this particular lockdown that we didn't see last time around, which is that, yeah, supermarkets are half open and half closed right now. But because of all of that, that means that this week has just been very boring. Um, Friday, just after we spoke, I was in uh, Corby. We had a day filming with a client there in Corby. That was really good, really productive. Uh, We then drove back to Wales on Saturday. And since then, just basically been in the office because what else is there to do, right? But 
the days since I got back here during lockdown have been so productive. I'm not sure whether it's because on some sort of level I know that I have nothing else to do, so I'm just making the most of this time, or whether it's just by chance, but the amount of work I've got done over the past six days is mad. Like It has been really productive. But all of this makes me wonder if there will be uh, another UK-wide lockdown. Now, I know that right now there are, of course, the tiers one to three. And they're speaking of introducing a tier four, all of which focuses on local, localised um, restrictions. But the data, if we're honest, isn't looking great. The projections of deaths is a few weeks ahead of where the kind of reasonable worst case would have been. I think I read today that the infection rate, uh, there could be somewhere in the region of 100,000 new infections per day in the UK right now, and that the data suggests that that number is doubling every nine days. So it looks like we're heading into perhaps a worse peak than the first one at a far worse time of the year. And yeah, I um, something tells me, and it's not based on data because I haven't read the data. It's not based on science because I don't pretend to understand the science, but looking at the actions that Northern Ireland has taken, looking at the actions that Wales has now taken, and then more broadly just looking at the the headline data that we all have access to, which is case numbers, deaths, and so on, I would be very surprised if we didn't see a two or three week full UK-wide lockdown between now and Christmas. Um, Yeah, I just... I don't see any way short of that, of reversing what is an exponentially large number of cases that just seems to keep growing because, you know, all of the other restrictions have thus far failed to to do anything, dare I say. You know, you close pubs at 10pm, you just push people into houses where they will continue to drink with no social distancing. You close uh, restaurants and keep takeaways open in those kind of areas, you do the exact same thing. You push people into uh, houses together. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have an opinion on it because I I stopped reading the news in any great detail a long time ago during this lockdown because there's almost like an information fatigue that you get, right, where you can only read so many headlines about the same thing over a period of months and months and months before you just kind of switch off to it. That's not to say I'm not following the rules, but from like a plugged into the news, uh, getting hourly updates like we all used to at the beginning of lockdown, I just haven't been doing that. So yeah, I don't know. But I just had this gut feeling that maybe in a few weeks time, we're going to be sat here talking about another UK wide lockdown. Who knows? Time will tell. Um, What else have I been up to this week? I spoke on Monday with a friend of mine, Cameron. Uh, I went on his podcast and that is the first podcast I've ever been a guest on which was really interesting because I said this in my email newsletter today actually but I've sat here and spoken for 47 episodes for about what 25 hours worth of audio over the past year I've sat in a room on my own and I've tried to get my thoughts out in one way or another and towards the beginning I started with scripting it with really trying to make every word count to get my thoughts across in that way more recently I just kind of sit here 
no planning whatsoever hit record talk see what happens I, I personally i prefer this way the second way they're just thinking out loud but do let me know what you think but that third option of switching on some microphones and then sitting and having a real conversation i really really enjoyed so the podcast came out on wednesday i'm not sure if you've heard it yet but if you haven't um and you do want to listen you can find it on both spotify and apple podcasts uh, it's called A Blank Canvas by Cameron Rawson. Uh, I'm episode number three on there. It was just a really enjoyable conversation. Obviously, me and Cameron benefit from the fact that we have known each other for a few years. So we have that context there. So it was like a, it was a fairly comfortable conversation anyway. But I always enjoy my conversations with Cameron and to be able to record one of those for an hour and just put it out there was really good. And it gets me... It gets me really excited about where this podcast will go next year. I know we've already spoken about this, but if you don't know, my plan is to continue this after week number 52, but every other week change the format slightly. So during series two, uh, on weeks one, three, five, seven, and so on. So every other week, it will be this style episode where I just talk about what's happened over those past two weeks, the lessons it's taught me, anything interesting that I have been thinking about over that period. But then every other episode will be me sitting down and having just an open-ended conversation, exactly like the one I had with Cameron, with some sort of interesting person, somebody who is going through an interesting journey right now and is in a position to give me, give all of us, insight into that journey and share with us the lessons that they have learned or are currently learning based on that journey they're on right so i mean not to set any parameters here but it's going to be anybody from like uh, business people entrepreneurs right the way through to i don't know i literally don't know anybody is the point right and so yeah having that conversation with cameron where it was a two-way podcast where there was somebody else to bounce ideas off of to uh, drag me out of rambles, all of those good things. Like It just gets me really excited about series two of this podcast, which will be launching in January because, yeah, it was just so much fun. So I enjoyed that. Um, What else? The car. We always talk about the car now, don't we? And driving lessons. This has basically turned into a podcast about me learning to drive. Um, The car's all right. I, what am I saying? I really like the car, but there are, or there have been a few issues with Kazoo. So... If you listened a couple of episodes ago, you'll remember that I was telling you that Kazoo is the future. For those of you that don't know, Kazoo is a website where you can uh, log on, view about 3,000 used cars that have all been uh, purchased by Kazoo, serviced by Kazoo, and then they put them onto their website with like really clear pricing, really good imagery. You select one, you check out entirely online. So I literally typed in my car details into a website to buy a car. And then they deliver that car to your house within 72 hours. Really, really good uh, business, great business model, really good car overall. But annoyingly, and I say annoyingly because I want Kazoo to work so badly. Like it is, in my opinion, the future of purchasing used vehicles, right? I want it to work so badly and it's going to work because their current valuation is like two and a half billion dollars and they only launched eight months ago. They're going to get through the annoying teething issues that they're having. But the issues that I've faced with Kazoo so far are frustratingly are just human error issues. So everything from 
the car which is supposedly deep cleaned before it's delivered to you just being fucking filthy in places right that is the the sloppy work of a human getting that part wrong and then uh, there were a bunch of issues by the way which is why there is this second part i'm about to tell you about which is like the customer service issues waiting i think nine days to get a response to any one of my four emails um, after spending like tens of thousands of pounds with them it's just annoying but i'll keep you up to date they finally responded they're putting things right hopefully this time next week everything will be resolved and i'll be telling you once again that kazoo is the future but right now put that on hold kazoo might not be the future i'll let you know um on the topic of the car on the topic of driving um any journeys that i've done either to or from corby driving so far have been with somebody else they've been with richard um either in his car a few weeks back just after i passed the test or uh, in my car with him in the passenger seat last week, uh, both to and from Corby. But on Saturday, as I make my great escape from the Welsh lockdown, I'm going to be going to Corby and I'm going to be driving on my own all the way from Wales to Corby, which is just shy of 200 miles across a bunch of motorways, country roads. It's going to be interesting. Um, I think I've driven enough on my own to this point for it to be okay. Like I'm over that initial hurdle of driving on my own being this big, scary, uncomfortable, unfamiliar thing. Like, it's comfortable now. I am looking at the sat-nav often enough, but not too often. Because in the beginning, I would just be blanked at the sat-nav, right? Once I passed my test and got into the car, when I was trying to familiarise myself with that car, like the first three gears in my car, are really really different to the first three gears in the little Ford Fiesta I learned in and so speeding up or slowing down within those three gears always consumed like 89% of my attention which meant that things like sat navs if I was coming up to a roundabout would just get ignored because I would be so busy trying to work out the ratios of those gears but that's out of the way now so able to focus on the sat nav hopefully able to get myself from wales to corby on saturday and that'll be fun and then on sunday all being well i'm going to go to the i don't know what it's called the ed sheeran museum is what i'll call it although that's not what it's called there is a museum in ipswich which has a ed sheeran exhibition on which i believe was curated by his parents um he's from ipswich or the ipswich area if you didn't know and yeah, that'll be interesting. So there's just like a bunch of stuff that is either his, belongs to him, or is stuff from his career. So like the puppet from the Sing video, if you've seen it, just stuff like that. Um, I've been wanting to go for ages and ages and ages, ever since it opened. But obviously it closed for a huge amount of time during the lockdown. And then since then, I just haven't had a chance to get over there. It closes next Saturday. I'm not in Corby next Saturday, I'm in Wales, which means I'll have no chance of going then. So really, the only time I can go and will go is this Sunday coming, so that'll be fun. Um, I'm not sure if fun's the right word, it's a museum, essentially, when you boil it down, but you know what I mean, that'll be interesting. That'll be a nice break from sitting in the office day after day after day, as I have been during this lockdown. But actually, sitting in the office recently has been exactly what 
I need to do because I know I always tell you things are busy in the office because they are, right? Because that's the nature of running a business. Like things are inherently always busy because there's always something else you can be doing if you're not working on delivering work you're working on winning new work and if you're not working on that you're working on like the foundations of the systems of the business and if you're not doing all of that you're probably like washing the dishes or emptying the bin there's always something to do when you run a business and so it's always busy but there are levels to this busyness thing and right now a because it's the christmas period and we're always busy right now but B, because the amount of work that we have like quoted on or is in the pipeline or is in like proposal stage or is just about to cross the line is unreal. Like this is probably, I say probably, this is definitely the most amount of work we've ever had pending. And even if we close just 50% of it, like it is an awful lot of work that's on the table right now. Um, which is amazing, by the way, don't get me wrong, like, I, I sound a bit annoyed by that, I'm not at all, like, we would be fortunate in any situation to have this much work in front of us for the taking, but to have this much work both on and potentially coming through in the next few weeks during the height of what is essentially the biggest economic downturn we've seen in forever... I just feel fortunate like I can't complain at that I'm doing what I love and I'm able to continue to do it and I appreciate that because of coronavirus because of the restrictions because of everything else that has happened this year there are so many people out there who aren't right now able to do what they want to do there are so many people out there who are having to do something that they don't enjoy to pay the bills despite enormous talent despite enormous ability and so on right so yeah this week has been a bit of an eye-opener in that sense, in as much as, you know, you you look on Twitter, you see all the bad news about businesses, you see all the, the shop closures, you see all the, the doom and gloom, but actually, um, I think we made a very good decision at the beginning of all of this to not only try and carry on as usual, but to use this as a springboard to try and grow into this period and come out of the other end better. And that's everything, right? From being unrelenting with our growth ambitions, it's the rebrand, it's the way we assisted our clients when the lockdown first began to ensure that we didn't drop clients. Like so much that we've done over this year that seemed to be leading nowhere because this whole year seemed to be leading nowhere. As we move into uh, the, the final two months of this year, is finally paying off and actually I'm really excited about next year because uh, we've kind of done it without not without realizing because it's all been intentional but we've done it um, hasn't felt at times like we're making progress this year but we've carried on regardless is what I'm trying to say and finally 10 months into this year and eight months into the most ridiculous situation that any of us have ever lived through it's finally paying dividends, and so I'm just really excited about next year. Which, interestingly, is kind of a theme of this episode, isn't it? In as much as next year for the business should be very good, despite the challenges that we're all going to face. Next year for this podcast is something I'm really excited about. Yeah, my mind is kind of already in 2021, because what else have we got to look forward to this year? Not a lot, really. Um, none of the things I'd normally be doing, particularly gigs, there are always loads of gigs around Christmas, like 
me and Chloe always call December gig month because there's always like three, four or five gigs that we're going to over the last few years. But even little things like that aren't happening this year. Christmas is never a big deal anyway in my family. It's just kind of this thing that comes and goes. Uh, New Year's Eve, let's be honest, even if COVID wasn't a thing, I'd probably just be in bed because why not? So yeah, my mind kind of is in next year, not to suggest that next year is going to be different to this year with the vaccine, with the success rate of vaccines, if ever there is one, with how long a rollout of that will take, with the inevitable um, slowdown in the economy regardless that's going to be with us for a few years to come. Like Next year is going to be fucking challenging in a lot of ways, but I think now that next year is in sight, that's where my mind is. Like I'm in this is like fight or flight mode, right? I'm in fight mode for next year because, well, I don't need to tell you that this year has been weird, but next year we know the state of play, right? We, we know what coronavirus is. We know that the economy is going to be suffering. We know the new way of doing business. We know that we're going to be living very different lives socially. All of these things like give us pure predictability when it comes to doing business and living our lives next year to the point where I'm just happy to see what an entire year of this will bring. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, that's all I have. This has been just a long ramble this week because honestly nothing's happened. Like I could have made this a fucking four minute episode. I could have came on and been like, yeah, look, lockdown, been in the office, driving a car to Corby on Saturday. See ya. But um, if you're still with me, if you're still listening at this point, thank you. Uh, I do always appreciate you listening, even if it's an episode like this where not a lot has happened, which, let's be honest, they've been quite frequent. They've been more frequent this year than I thought they'd be, because fuck all's happened in a lot of senses. But yeah, I hope you're well. Um, I hope you have had a good week and have a, a more exciting week in this week coming than I have in the previous week. But either way, I will see you back here this time next week for episode number 48 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.